I feel like the people who understand <laughs> contemporary art are the people who work in contemporary art yes! for the most part. And that's, that's it. That- that's the tagline of the thing. You only get contemporary art if you work in contemporary art. No, really, really. And it's just like... Mm, Which should not be... So this is, I think, the hubris of the art world. The Wait, perception also, is can that... You, for anyone who doesn't, who, who is listening who doesn't know, define hubris for us. Oh, sorry. Um, hubris is one of those words. Like, you are so... It's like a word, how do I define it? Without using hubris. Mm-hmm. You are so self-satisfied mm-hmm. and so... Um, I don't know. How do you define it? Hubris is like the biggest freaking jerk you've ever met. And they think they're yeah. better than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And they think that they deserve everything they have. Mm-hmm. And so they basically, it's like like the worst kind of peacock in the society. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm, but- I'm, I might cut that in earlier. <laughs> You should. You should. Uh, but I think that there's this and like look at that though. Like I think even me using the word hubris proves mm-hmm. that I am somebody who's not ready for general audiences. <laughs> uh, fucking hell. Um, okay. I start. Just because. I have I'm keyed up. Go for it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> welcome to Welcome to the Art Loss Podcast, where we make art accessible. I'm Seema. And I'm Sophie. If you'd like to support the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe, especially on Apple Podcasts. We also have a Patreon for a dollar a month. You can go into our monthly raffle to win a studio visit with us, where we'll talk about your art, give you feedback, and some references to explore. And we love doing feedback for artists. We've mm-hmm. been doing them sometimes li- on lives, and we it's do it. Like, we love it. We love talking art with artists. So yes. we hope that you do that, if nothing else, so we can hang mm. out with you. Um, so did you see any art this week, Sophie? No, I've been working so much. You saw your own art. I saw my own art. <laughs> what about you? So I have seen <laughs> a Can you carry whole us through this segment? I can carry Great. you through this segment. Great. I have seen a whole lot of art this week mm-hmm. um, because I've seen a lot of art that is in private homes and private collections lately. Mm-hmm. And I have been thinking a lot about the art that does not get seen. So mm. I was thinking um, recently that um, I already am the creeper who in everybody's Zoom meeting, I'm like, what's that artwork back there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what do you have on the wall? Mm-hmm. Um, have you noticed the hands have become an addition to my I wall? I have. <laughs> they were, they, were you, they deserve it. You were, you were churning through making those hands. Uh, I know. And the masks. I've become like. A bit of a prop always. Um, so what's that stuff called? The fo- foamy, fuzzy, expandable foam. Expandable foam. Does it? Doesn't it sort of have a scent? Oh, it stinks, and it's yeah. also like uh, very, very sticky. But also because this is just here. Ta-da. Wow. The sun mask. Nice. Rhinestones and such. Nice. The, the rhinestoning took me. Two days, all back a day, a day and a half. Wow, that's awesome. It's been it's been a bit wild in here in terms of production, but I'm proud. I do I do think that this is a thing. So in looking all the, this art in some private collection, not like yes, in, uh, I guess not private collections. Also, though private collection art isn't seen, but also in like corporate collections that I've been looking at, mm-hmm. just because I've been wandering through buildings of late. I was thinking about one of the things I think is a real problem and the topic of today's uh, thing is about sort of the culture of the art world and how we let certain personalities like prima donnas persist mm-hmm. and how does how does the hubris, I guess it's a today's topic is the hubris of the art world. And mm. looking at the art I was looking at this week, I was thinking a lot about like this place that I was had a giant Kusama pumpkin. Mm. And I found it really interesting because, you know, Kusama, everybody's selling out, selling out, selling out. But, like, nobody was looking at the pumpkin. The only thing, no. one woman sat on the pumpkin, which I found yesterday. <laughs> and I have to say, because it wasn't a museum. and um, Cinderella one of the th- moment. It really was. And one of the things I think that people don't realize about museums, if you work in a museum and you work in front of house, mm. even if you're not a guard, you are in charge of collection care. So any museum staff member, if you walk through a gallery and somebody's holding water, it is it is incumbent on you 
to tell them to get rid of the glass of water. Mm -hmm. If you see someone touch it, it is incumbent on you to teach them how to touch it mm -hmm. by not. <laughs> Use your eyes. Look with your right? eyes. Look with your eyes. Look with your so eyes. Know with imagine your how it would feel. Those kinds of things. So I think that one thing that... Um, is interesting in these small collections, in these non-museum collections, is people do all kinds of crazy stuff. But I think mm. another thing that I have noticed is that one thing that happens with corporate collections a lot of times is that the, and not all, there's some really amazing curators of corporate collections. Like the curator of here in Cleveland, the curator of the Progressive Collections, really, really amazing thinker. Mm. The, but some curators of corporate collections, I think, are often forcing um, art that people do not care about onto them. <laughs> and so they'll pick something that's very esoteric or something that I think even I look at and I say, why is this art? <laughs> and um, they, but they <laughs> do it for their cachet because I think one of the things that to me of the biggest thing about the hubris about the art world is the art world really likes to set itself apart from the world. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. that, that there is a real sense of hubris and I think the Kusama pumpkin is, to me, a good example of it. Because if you asked me, not as um, an art historian of, or at least marginally an art historian, mm -hmm. um, I would have, I'd be hard pressed. I'd be hard pressed to say, you know, like thinking about all the production you do for your art mm. that is handmade and interesting and different, why a commercially produced pumpkin with spots I just have never like it's I, valid. I want to live in a world where like a TJ Maxx stocks their like discount art section with like small independent artists. Yes. Rather than like shitty stock art that yes, no one yes. cares about. Same with like hotels. Yes. Like why? Yes. And you know, we were saying so my husband was there when I was looking at this Cassandra pumpkin and I you know, I think like in some ways and I used to be on the arts um, board for a different museum, for the County Museum of the county that Cleveland is in, which mm -hmm. is uh, called Cuyahoga County, and it's the hospital is called Metro. Mm -hmm. And the arts people there were amazing because what, and we sat down, and I remember when we were working on like why we have an arts collection there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we decided that there was like three reasons people need art. And there was a really like a lot of really like, you know, hospital collections. Some of them are really amazing. Many mm -hmm. of them are not. Many of them are just um, people trying to be fancy. But um, the Metro Health in Cleveland, their goal was like threefold. And their one was wayfinding. Which, like, you know, for a lot of artists, that would be horrifying that, like, people are like, meet me at the pumpkin. But <laughs> that for a museum. Meet for, me at the uh, bean. That's right. But <sighs> for a hospital, that's really important. They talked about, mm. we talked about in this meeting many years ago now, that, um, you know, back in the day in hospitals, they used to have those um, lines on the floor so people could get places. Mm -hmm. But hospitals have gotten beyond, there's like not, that you would it would just be impossible right because like mm. every, there'd be too many lines there'd be too much mm -hmm. and it's too hard and so they needed um a different kind of visual wayfinding mm. another thing this metro health talked about was that they wanted to try to find a way that art assuaged feelings because you have so many feelings in hospitals and you can't um deal with them they can't process them right mm. so and so art can help you that in a way that like other things can't, which mm. I thought is like a very powerful point. And so like mm. one of the things we talked about is like, it, but it's more complicated than you can articulate. And that's why it's important that humans curate these because we are also able to handle things beyond sim simple articulation. So like, it's not just know. that you don't put red in a burn unit, mm -hmm. which is one of the examples we used, mm. but also it's things like somebody said they don't like the idea of empty boats. Mm. because like they want the boat to be full of them leaving you know like i was like that's mm. true but like so i think that and then so that was the second thing you know like so uh, dealing with emotions and then finally that you know if you're in a hospital your brain would like to not be in a hospital <laughs> so like just just something to get you out of it right mm -hmm. these are all true things however and this is sort of to the art world hubris i think that one of the problems we have is that the people who work in the arts, a lot of them only want to focus on the intellectual aspects of the arts. Mm. So the, they forget all of those three things that art really can just be a thing you hang. Like, I would even guess, you know, 
you think about image like in in Italian Renaissance art, there are clearly people who are like, okay, so you walk by uh, the Basilica, mm -hmm. <laughs> you walk by the Duomo, <laughs> they use Brunelleschi's dome as wayfinding, mm -hmm. right? It always was. And then I'm sure that always, you know, people used art for emotions. Many of those emotions may be religious. Mm. And then I'm sure people used it as an escape. So those three mm. things all existed historically. But I think in the contemporary art world, what we have is people focusing instead on none of those things because they're like, don't validate the person working in the art world. Whereas being intellectual validates them. This is why all artwork kind of looks the same in yes. the art world. Yes. That's why like there's a particular kind of photography that you will see from like certain demographics of people that are allowed yes. into certain spaces. Yeah. There's like an acknowledgement. So like, it's just one of those things where like, I feel like the more money is in a space, any kind of acknowledgement of sensitivity or vulnerability is like quashed weakness or fun, fun, mm. fun is like the word fun and humor the art world is like only can't be loud in an art gallery can't laugh no. out loud fuck i mean and i like <laughs> i think that like part of the problem to me about about mm. all of this is it's exhausting it's exhausting <laughs> but you know like if let's say um the like let's just pretend that the art world if you had a set like a saturnalia moment in the art world where they truly allowed say somebody to to try to pick different artists, they mm. would, it would be totally different. If you had a regular, and I don't, I don't, and I don't mean like a regular person in a pejorative way, but like I, you know, I think about when I was working at a museum that was on the campus of two major hospital systems. So I had a lot of very educated people of a certain kind of education walk in. So mm. they were usually like, you know, they would either be lawyers or doctors or, you know, mm -hmm. like certain professional things where, most people in society say they were successful and educated, right? Mm -hmm. Or I would have students who were coming in from schools around town, and all of them were at the same level of visual understanding. Mm -hmm. Because you have, you know, a degree doesn't mean you're good at understanding art, right? And all of them, <laughs> I found myself... What was that thing in your video the other day? Not all grad programs are equal? <laughs> That guy blocked me, dude. That guy was like, oh my couldn't God. handle the heat. Could, I said, I just have got, I, I don't, I've, st I've tried to stop blasting people. Dude, we know how, like, the last time we were recording, we were like, I never put people on blast. It's just not my energy. And we've both done it recently. I know. Where I was like, dude, I'm done. It's because. <sighs> so I think. I just don't is, care. I just don't care. Don't, like, just don't come into my space opposite. and be, be That's right. Head. Why are you here? And then they go, why are you so defensive? I was like, dude, you're, I'm defending me. <laughs> you're in my space. You're, you're in my corner here. of the internet. What, what are you talking about? Come on. come on. So I think that part of the problem we have is that people, when you say to an art world person, the average person, their perception is an idiot. Mm. <laughs> when you say average, they think dumb. And mm -hmm. what I'm saying to them is actually- But it's also coded as lower, like oh, lower yes. income. And probably person with a brown face. A yes. black face, actually, probably. Yes. And so, um, but what actually it is, is that there are the majority of humans are not, don't have a lot of arts education, don't have mm. any visual understanding, and really hate the snobbery of the art world. So they have no reason to like it. Mm. And so, so it doesn't matter if you're the surgeon who had, like, we used to do these classes for um, residents. So it doesn't matter if you're a surgical resident. And Cleveland has really high-powered art um, medical programs. So yeah. these are, like, people who it was hard to get in. That was the <laughs> other thing I thought you meant by medical tourism, like lots of people coming oh, in to study. and We do. We have yeah, that, yeah, too. Yeah. So yeah. these people would come in for, like, some program or something. And they'd be, like, mm -hmm. super, like, I trained at Harvard. And then I went to Stiff. They're, like, way more fancy than I am. But they could not understand contemporary art. <laughs> Or they could be three-year-olds at yeah. the, like, school around the corner from the museum. Or the nutcases who comment on our things. They could yeah. be any of those folks. They're all actually the same. But, like, I often think that – but I think that that's <sighs> part of the problem. We train ourselves 
in contemporary art, and I'm not in contemporary art, bless myself. I'm just in museum <laughs> education, which contemporary art thinks is dumb. Anybody who works with children is an idiot in contemporary art world. Um, it's uh, so um, interesting. I don't know shit about museums or education. Is that one curator, is that one junior curator I worked with, and I'd been in museums for 20 years, told me repeatedly, because I just worked in museum education, so mm -hmm. I'm a dummy. Um, and she a fancy because she, you know, has curated. Um, I as just, have I, but apparently that doesn't matter because I why, worked in education. But also, like, um, why, why the undervaluing of children? Because in... we're idiots. Like, you're so dumb if you talk to little kids. No, I, 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 I get, like, the, the hubris around it. Um, but, like, I'm trying to understand on, like, a money, capitalism, social, oh, like, structure I, level, I like, why. I think it's because it's closeness to donors. So the closer you are to being like donors, acting like a donor, and speaking to donors, the more money you make. Right, curators, heads of development, they make mm. more. Not development juniors, they don't make a lot. But I think it's, like, this idea that if you are bringing in money, so, like, you know, education is not bringing in money, right? It bleeds money. Now, mm. of course, in reality, there is no museum that could raise any cash money without an education department because they no. always write it into the no. grants. That's the, this is what I don't fucking understand is like, I just, it's like how, you know, in Australia with the last government, they were like, no, the arts aren't important despite the fact that it brings in more money for tourism than sport. We're going to gut all the funding. And it's just like, what, why is the contemporary art world so like insistent on and it's not pretending just the art world it's not just the contemporary art world when i worked at the Cleveland museum of art i ran all these departments i did ran all these programs and mm. thousands of people came in and then one time this um, the art world, woman I guess. the this woman who was a curatorial assistant so that's the role that's a role that sounds it's basically like you do all the calendaring for a curator. You mm -hmm. would probably help them with research if you were, if some of the curators will let you help them with research, some did not, right? Mm -hmm. So like, you know, like, so I am teaching thousands of children, putting this, mm. like basically putting the message out to thousands of people. And we were working on production because we always did a lot of production for our programming. So we're cutting out felt. And then she walked in, she goes, is it craft hour to our office? And I was like, what a condescending bitch. And I honestly like never, and I like never spoke to her again. I was like, you know I, what? Mm. You just condescended to my whole team. I was a department head. So I had a whole team full of people she condescended to. And you know what? She was felt like she was totally right. And there was no Yeah, ding. I bet she did. I she bet was right. she did. She was right. And then like, even now she's still there. And I think, you know what? You still have not curated anything. You've never, you know, like you barely have written any labels that go to print. We're doing all this stuff, but because we're in education, we don't matter. And you're in curatorial. And so I think like all the things that, you know, the reason I'm even bringing this up is because I saw this discourse about um, about Tom Sachs. Mm. The only reason I think he's an artist that people even notice is because he's been associated with Nike. Um, <laughs> because I don't find his work all that interesting. Um, but his, but I will say his work is his contemporary artwork that's not Nike is the kind of stuff we're talking about. Like, yeah. you would really need to understand to understand. There's just like yeah. not, it's not like, it's not a person, and this is where I think the art world really, I think does a real disservice to themselves, frankly. That when you set it up that somebody has to be special to understand, you are basically saying, let's just cut you. You don't I, matter. It just drives me fucking bonkers. And I get that like, like, I know why. I know that the answer is always capitalism, but it still fucking annoys me. <laughs> like, I That's get what we that. we called our podcast. The answer uh, is always capitalism. I, yeah. 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 But it's, you know what, it's also too <sighs> bad is it's, this is also, I think the art world is also an issue of the 1% ruins it for everybody. Because we're talking Honestly. about a very small set of the art world. I am talking about a minority even of curators. Like yes. many curators I've worked with are great people who want people to learn about their art. Yes. It is the minority. Like I today this morning, um, Bisa Butler is the a super like well-known fancy artist who had a show at uh, the Art Institute of Chicago that was reviewed in the Times. And mm. she's like amazing, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody knows her. She's visually, even if you don't know her name, 
she does um, quilts that are have that are have realistic, basically kind of realism, um, people's figurative quilts, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you would see her work and still know that's like that's an artist, right? Like, mm. lots of people would know she's been on like the mm. cover of magazines and whatever. And I think like Obama owns one, and mm -hmm. I think he owns one, and it's been in like um, she's in many museum collections and all this stuff. She's also on TikTok. And I don't know if it's her or her studio, but when I write a question, somebody on Bisa Butler's videos replies. And they, she always likes the comments, whoever it is, either Bisa mm -hmm. Butler or her studio. Mm -hmm. but she is a fancy artist. And it tickles me to no end that Bisa Butler or her studio thinks that it is important to also reply to some random human on TikTok. It is, though. Bisa Butler is what contemporary, that's what contemporary art should be. It should be an mm. artist who wants to connect to people and so goes to like TikTok and things, I'll do that too. No, Not really, somebody really. who's like, let's figure out a way to, and so the, and the let's figure facts, out a way to manufacture exclusivity. Yes, Just that's it. Fucking eat my entire ass. <laughs> yes, it is manufactured. So it is manufactured exclusivity. It is. It's like manufactured and, scarcity. The thing that I think a lot of people yes. don't understand about the art world is that and this is remember how I told you about my first like iteration of my art podcast yeah, yeah. that was like how the art world politics and like you know kind of social kind of movements are all interconnected and yeah. we kind of looked at it through art history movements yeah. it's because the art world always in term because it's where money has always circulated yeah it becomes like a micro like environment mm -hmm. of what is happening like in capitalism and the like mm -hmm. you know free mm -hmm. market at, at large mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i do think <sighs> i mean i think also though part of it is if you think about the production of art historically mm. it always had there was always um there was always structure to it right so mm -hmm. like i understand like now we think of i think a lot of us to go back to that woman that uh, curatorial uh, assistant we now think of craft in a pejorative way, right? Because it's so like, oh, you're just a crafter. Are you crafting? It's also associated mm. with women. And of course it's women on women crime, right? So it's, it's always, it's always. But, but historically, because art materials until the indus late industrial revolution yep. um, were really expensive. Art yep. was produced in a very, basically like a lockdown kind of way. And, mm -hmm. but there was still strictures that were part of it. Many of them were associated with government or religion, right? Mm -hmm. So like, even, you know, even if you look at like prehistoric art, most likely that was associated with something. We don't know what, right? But it was probably something because it was, because there wasn't that much mm. time, energy, money, all of those things to be able to make things. Mm -hmm. um, and so one thing I think about the contemporary art world and the reason that it's so arcane or um, by that I mean like locked down and hidden and secret is because we no longer have like the icon uh, the the um, um, iconography police that you had in Christian art. We no mm. longer had these sort of strictures as we go into uh, art for art's sake market. Yeah, and so rather than having like you know the Pope determine which iconographies are right or um, not, that's not actually true. He didn't himself do it, but you know what I mean. Like rather than having these uh, religious norms or or even governmental norms for what visual culture was a appropriate. Mm. Now we have that now instead you have basically the art world. They're fitting, yeah. they're fitting themselves into the same structure. <sighs> but the difference is, and you know, I think like to take that finally to the last thing is the difference though, is that the reason that government and religion created visual culture was to communicate with many people mm, mm -hmm, and the mm -hmm. art world for art you know the art world's goal is to communicate with very few people <laughs> sorry it's just so absurd which is why i How think did we land here <laughs> well i mean capitalism i know capitalism. i know but i but think like, that's also fuck, why you have gang? such jerks like tom mm, Sachs, and sort mm -hmm. of sort of catch everyone up with the tom Sachs thing tom Sachs, contemporary artist who did work yeah. with nike and then makes weird like installation and um, his his scandal was that he posted a job listing that was like do my entire job for me with like no money take care of my kids Fuck like do off. the travel 
maybe talk, like everything it was like everything and plus he has um he has like a very famously like uptight studio practice my feet are mm. falling asleep i'm gonna have to sit up um okay. like um but like you know he has like a very like uptight way of being and, mm-hmm. and but he is not alone in being like the jerk like when um he actually i never had any negative um uh uh, experiences with the architect who recently passed away, Raphael Vignoli. But when I was working at Cleveland Museum of Art, we got an email the first time he came to visit. Mm-hmm. You can't look him in the eye. I remember you telling me this. And do not look, then do not approach him. It's and like, I remember, are you Christian like, Bale? Come on. I know, like, come on, right? And I remember, like, he said hello to me and I was like, am I supposed to look? <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> and it's funny because, and that, but then you have these people, you know, like I've met, I, when I was, when I was, you know, working in the arts, you'd meet a lot of famous artists, right? Like you'd see them or they'd yeah. come to something. And like you'd meet like I met like Elizabeth Catlett, who I think is incredibly important. And I was just talking about her with some somebody just I ran into the other day. And um, she was the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. So I think that the problem is that you can actually be not a jerk and be a contemporary artist. Yeah, you can be. You could, it, it actually works just fine. But the art world allows and kind of promotes people. Facilitates. Facilitates people who are jerks. Because I think it like boys up their idea that they are special and nominated and different than the hoi polloi, us normal people. This whole conversation has made my, my posture collapse. It's just like, <laughs> it's awful. Because like, I just... You know, I think this is one of the things that we're kind of seeing with like the Hollywood space at the moment with Selena Gomez and like the Hailey Bieber shit and how like, oh, it's just high school. And then like in the art world, oh, it's kind of just high school again. And I kind of feel like these spaces just are so, and like you've kind of said this before, right? Like people who weren't cool in high school or who like peaked and never like kind of grew as a person these are the spaces that they play within because it's you can just repeat the same fucking tired story you can be the victim in every situation and like everyone else is kind of the problem right mm-hmm. and i just i also think my other challenge with this whole tom Sachs thing and mm. a lot of the art world is that part of the problem is there is actually no right answer and i think that's part of the reason it um, is so like there's like the scarcity mindset that they've created because there is no reason that Yayoi Kusama's pumpkins are art. No. There's actually no reason. There is no. nobody who can tell me that that is art b- based on any kind of, um, you know, ob- objective. You know what? Singular a, you know what her stuff looks thing. like. It looks like someone's paper clay craft. Yeah. On TikTok. Yeah. yeah. There is no. <laughs> Buddy who's going to tell me that that is art and the thing that like I don't know anybody in TikTok makes is not and that's where it is subjective now I do think Yoyoi Kusama um part of you know she has like an important history and the, you mm-hmm. know there's lots of things mm-hmm. like it's not that I'm saying that she is not art but there is no, no objective reason she is art and there is no objective reason that what you know I make Whatever I craft, I don't know. I don't have anything sitting here. But it's like opinions. anything I've crafted, like, is it's opinion. And I think yeah. it's because, and I think inherently the reason that Tom Sachs is such a dick <laughs> is because, and a lot of artists, Tom Sachs will never hear this. He doesn't know what my name is. So no. I can call him a dick as I want. Though I would call him a dick to his face too. I don't like to say <laughs> things about people that I wouldn't say to them. But, um, uh, but... <sighs> I think that the reason these people act like such jerks is because inherently they know it is like smoke and mirrors. Well, they're, yeah, they're insecure, right? Right, right, right. Because if you said to somebody, go to the mat and prove to me, give me the fact that proves that this is art, there is none. No. There is none. It's like a group of people went into a room and were like, I can make money off of this. And And then- and yes, then you gained money. validity because of that. That's and right. And then it, it kept snowballing and it kept snowballing and more people went, this is trendy. I can make money off of this. Because, like, this is one of the things that frustrates me as well, and I've, I'm sure I've said this before in other recordings. Like, when you go into art school, you go into these spaces, they're like, oh, it's like art for art's sake. We're doing it because we're changing the world. Mm-hmm. No, 
999, no one opens a museum or a gallery or any of those things to lose money. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. Fundamentally fucking untrue. And like the idea that any of this is separated from people kind of using your creativity to get a leg up. Because remember, remember, just remember, artists in every other field pay their publicists 15 to 20%. Art dealers take 50. Well, this is the other thing I find fascinating when curators feel like they're such special people. I'm like, you didn't make anything. (laughs) What did you make? And then like some curators, like corporate curators, their labels are crap. They're not even trying to get anybody to understand anything. Okay, here's here's my hot take. Curators are the landlords of the art world. (laughs) It's really, this is where I like hate it because I can name you 300 curators I've worked with Mm. who are amazing. Yeah, I bet. I could name you easily. Like, you know, like I think about like there's one of the curators that I mean, I could like I could seriously like sit down and rattle off the, the one story <sighs> I think about now. Um, many years ago, the Byzant- Byzantinist at the Met was a woman named Helen Evans. Mm-hmm. And she gave us a lecture um, that I produced. And I remember sitting and talking to her. We were waiting for the lecture. And, you know, some lecturers like are real jerks and they don't want to talk to you ever. <laughs> you move that you did all this stuff with them. They don't care. But Helen Evans was like, well, it's just sitting and chatting. And she was like, tell me about what you do and tell me about your, you know, like what you study. And like, mm-hmm. you know, she was just talking it was many, many, many years ago. Um, she's very much with it, with us. She's retired, but she, mm-hmm. she's, not, she's not. She's still in the present. But mm-hmm. um, this story is from a long time ago. And she was trying instead of telling me about her. Uh, whatever she studied she was a so busy and I think Byzantine art is so fascinating because it's a moment in Christian art where I think there's so many relationships between Byzantine art and a lot of other forms of art non-Christian art like African art Mm. um, and uh, Indian art because Mm -hmm. the artwork itself is said to be a conduit to the divine yeah. So the artwork, the item has uh, power, right? In a way that I think like, because we live in a, a Protestant society, largely Protestant society in the US now, we don't think about it that way. Mm-hmm. And so so, so I thought she was going to talk about it. She was like, no, let's talk about like some of the things you're doing. And I was working on a labels for uh, Japanese galleries at the time. And she was like, let's talk about that. Oh, and I just, and she just was asking me all these questions. She was so interested. And and I was like, you're like pretty fancy. You run a department at the Met. Mm, <laughs> you know? mm. I feel like you might be like kind of really important. But she didn't see herself that way. Mm. And this is not like, I mean, she's just the first one that happened to come to my mind. You could like, I could pick a million other people who are pretty much equally fancy um, and also wanted to talk about something else. Yeah. And I I think that the the problem, honestly, is that the force of what you just said, this idea that like a group of landlords of the art world, but these people who want to profit off of people's creativity is quite mm. strong from a small mm. sector of people. And what they don't know is that they're yeah. ruining it for everybody. They right? really, really, no, it is like. They're ruining it for like the Helen Evans and yeah. the Bisa Butlers yeah. and the Elizabeth Catlett's no, and really. that. And like, we, we have been clear about this before, like the way that we talk about the art world, we aren't obviously not referring to the creatives out there who are like trying no. to make meaning and like collectively bring people together to create understanding that's i, I hope pretty obviously not what we're talking about well the problem it's is like it's, they're the ones who suffer right because yeah. one if you are at all accessible in the art world that's a ding like if you're an artist who wants to make things that people uh, like like you know mm-hmm. that that are visually appealing immediately that's usually a ding and remember, remember how I've said in previous recordings that uh, when I made my work for grad school, that was like my final piece, my, the head of my program was like, I don't know what to tell you. It looks cool. And that's pretty much all you have to have in order for it to be successful. And I was just like, so you're telling me after like three years of all this theory and all this fucking nonsense, you're sitting here after I've made something that is great theoretically and has a lot of stuff behind it. And you go really cool brah it's pretty turns out that's what people want they just won't admit it it's ridiculous it's just you know it's funny it's funny (sighs) so i guess where does this leave us on this topic what you know the art world is full of assholes (laughs) um i don't know but do you want to do you want to hear about my roast yes tell me 
I really don't know where this leaves us, but maybe this will, maybe in the way that your brain works, in the way that only your brain works, my little silly TikTok story will bring us round to a, a conclusion. So, you know how I had like a few portfolio posts that did quite well? Yes. Yes, uh, I do. And then there was one that's pinned on my page. And this was the one that we talked about in a previous recording where like, Remember how we spoke about the idea that like people kind of pile on in comments and that also happens when it's positive and there's just like an outpouring and people kind of get excited to kind of comment and be a part of like, oh my God, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. Yes. One of my posts that did well is up to like 500 comments of people being like, oh my God, I love it. And then it's lovely, right? And then there's one 22 year old young man who just left the comment mid. And I was like, did he have a picture? Oh, same one. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like why the post, that's why I made the post, right? So I'm going to send it to you so that you, we can get a live reaction of you watching it. Um, <laughs> because I went through his page and I was like, oh, who, who did I upset? Who was like the one insecure, like young little man who felt the need to comment his insecurity oh my god okay (laughs) always with the fish always with the fish always with the fish fish. like you can kill a creature that can't walk (sighs) like what is the fish situation it's always a fish or a motorcycle like is it either that they're trying to say or is it that like you is it is it that people who are fishermen are dicks or is it that they they're like there's like uh like what is the like circle what's the venn diagram of i don't always know with a, it's always a fish or a, or a motorcycle like what's the deal i don't get it but for me it's mostly people without like for me it's mostly um the people we were saying um all words uh, uh what was i saying um I don't know. I was say- There's a funny saying that somebody used to say at work. I had to mm. But um, for me, it's usually the people without profile pictures. Oh, yeah, right. I was actually, so I like went through his page and I was like, oh, he's a Twitch oh streamer. God, can't fish. find any, can't find any photos, can't find any photos, can't find any photos. And like, I couldn't find his Instagram either, but it gets better. It gets so much better. This fucking idiot has like this one post where he's like, oh, I'm going fishing again because it's summer. And I like, they're all him and like Oakley's being he's aggressively so straight. He's so funny too. He's so proud of that damn fish. I know. Aww. He's so he he's didn't like, even, like so... I had like proud of that fish, man. Good he's so you, he's fish. so aggressively straight. It's it's like kind of embarrassing. But then because I made that post where and I was very very careful to not mention his appearance because I'm I'm not going to do that. But I was no, like, no, it's in, not about his appearance. No, it's like, why do you think that this work is relevant to you or that anyone gives a fuck about your opinion when you're quite literally like a chin strapped fisherman? Like, I don't care. And lesbians but don't you know what? think That's about actually you. That's the same impetus. Like, so this is the thing to me about the art world. So they've decided like it's only about intellectual things and we don't deal with emotions unless it's very locked down. Mm-hmm. And. and but in many ways, the yahoos who tell me my teeth are ugly or my hair sucks or mm-hmm. I'm fat or whatever they like to tell me on my internet who have no pictures or the yahoos comment on yours, they're actually the same person. I think anybody yeah. in the any snotty art world person would be very sad to hear that they're the same as a like TikTok troll. See, I but knew your brain would fact, bring us around. <laughs> I the, but there is is the same impetus, right? Like it's yeah, like this it's this bullying inherent, and it's insecurity. Bullying and it's, insecurity and the smallness of thought do you want to hear how much better it gets though oh wait tell me so he after i posted that video he got upset and he went onto my instagram and he just commented on another photo mid so in doing that genius young man doxed himself because he's a like gen z who has his name and birth year in his i love that as his username and i was like yeah. oh you're basically a boomer in like a 20 year old's body so naturally he has facebook so i went on facebook bro's brother is gay so i was just like oh i see we're deeply insecure and we're deeply fucking angry because his brother is like openly, I'm assuming they're brothers, same Kyle and Cole with the same last name. Too close. 
brother openly queer has like a loving relationship that's like posted about on facebook 22 year old like abe from clone high over here has like a, a, he's engaged to some like poor young girl oh, and i think it's gonna he be might... like that terrible video of that guy he's just <sighs> the right, one that, who like said the, that the, nasty... the vows yeah yes, i can't I say know, that i know exactly I can't, I haven't who watched you're talking it. about yeah the whole internet knows about this guy yeah um, fucking feral but i think like so what but i think this is this is sort of inherently the challenge, right? The, the, the mm. art, so art is part of the human experience. Mm-hmm. And so therefore the art world comes out of the human experience. Mm-hmm. And like all humans can choose to be small, right? Like we're, you know, both of us have talked about how we thought in a pr- previous episode, we wouldn't actually like clap back at the haters, but we're human. And like, sometimes I just cannot help it. I was... For me, I I just I was so curious because I wanted to know like why did it yeah. upset you? Why yeah. why did you feel the need out of like an outpouring of love on someone's like like because that's the thing we do as humans, right? And that's like what we see especially in live music is like you fall into someone else's yeah. creation. And this is why fucking narcissists can't do art properly and like can't engage with art properly, right? It's because the idea of giving yourself over to someone else's reality and creation and like allowing yourself to revel in what someone else has done and not letting it take away from your sense of self like that's what we do as people and like what why are you so insecure cole whoever you are fish boy what what made you so insecure that in a space where that was happening where people were going oh my god i'm like feeling who i am through what you've made so, so it makes me think of another thing i was thinking about recently about how mm. tiktok has two tiktok has like three kinds of people who are on it there mm. are the people who want to create and they create for their the creator people have a variety of reasons they create right mm. but they ha- want to do it it's like they if they didn't want to do it, they wouldn't do it, right? In some ways, like artists, right? It's like you could, if you could do something else, you'd be doing something else. So there's the creators and they're the minority in the Mm. ecosystem. Even if there's a million videos, there's actually the minority of people who create. And by that, I mean, they actually put in effort to create something. They're not reposting. They're not just like showing their like screen or whatever cuckoo stuff some people do, but they're Mm. actually creating things, right? New content. Mm-hmm. Um, then there is a whole chunk of people who are commenters. Mm. So commenters might have videos posted, but they are like videos of just They're the consumers of the, the consumers. app. Yeah. And that's actually no, how I, would, I started I on actually, the app. I started as the like content consumer. Okay. And I, but I think the commenters, so I think the consumer though is two people. There's the commenters mm. and mm. then there is like the consumer, the lurker. Mm. So the commenter, I think, is actually, I think the lurker is the majority of consumers. Yes. Yeah. And I think the commenter is the minority. But mm. they somehow believe that they're they're going to be able to, like the, somebody yesterday wanted to tell me how horrible my teeth and hair are repeatedly. This was a person who could not figure out how to do a comment thread, so didn't keep it in thread and just kept <laughs> replying in random places. Um, and had no picture. Or... Yeah. There was somebody else, I did a video about how breakfast, somebody asked, why is breakfast, a re- the idea of breakfast and mealtimes re- related to colonialism? And he was mm. angry that I didn't talk about breakfast in um, Africa, India, or China. And I was like, dude, not colonial places, friend. Not colonial places. Um, but he needed to tell me. Right? And they're all, the most of the commenters I have found are men. Um, yeah, yeah. Or would identify yeah. as men. And, um, but they have to tell you they have to tell it's, you they have to keep telling you it's kind but of so like how google reviews are only from angry people yes 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 but i think that this like the, but they're the the commenters in some ways are also like the they're like a minority people but they're also like the same kind of person in the art world like they're a different human mm. but they're the same ones who are trying to keep people out so the vast majority of the Art world is, in fact, the the consumers, right? Mm, that we mm-hmm. those are the viewers. Those are the visitors of museums. Those are mm. like the people, probably a lot of private collectors who just like it. Mm-hmm. But then the the Tom Sachs, even though he's a creator, he is being promoted. 
he is being, you know, fostered by no doubt somebody who is basically this commenter mentality, this mm. person who wants to make it exclusive, who wants to basically silo knowledge to tell you that you're ugly, to do all those things that makes it harder to be a creator. Mm -hmm. So it's really like a mirror in some way. No, it is. It is. Um, I can't believe that we've come on here in this week, in this day and age, and we haven't mentioned the TikTok ban once. <laughs> um, yes, you want to mention it? I mean, I feel like maybe we should do an episode on it. Maybe we should. Maybe we um, should. Yeah, let's do an episode. I like the idea of delving into it a little bit more um, and kind of like what it means in terms of like the implications for like art and how art is consumed and stuff. I think that there's a whole conversation there. They're like, cross your fingers, eh? <laughs> Shit. I, I don't like any of them. Oh. Um, the other ones? No. No. But also, like, the audacity of Zuckerberg to be like, oh, I'm taking out my competition. There's no reason to monetize reels anymore. It's like, my brother in Christ, I don't think that you understand. People are not going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I was trying to explain at work the other day. Because they were like, and they were like, well, I mean, it doesn't really matter, right? Everyone will go to reels. And I was like, no, everyone will not go to reels. That's not what's going to happen. But also it matters I because, like, it's all cyber safety and all of your data oh, security is under oh. threat and it's not just a silly little dance app it's not like you are your privacy is gonna go out the fucking door so joe loves instagram but he said mm -hmm. about this he said really it feels like um those congress people didn't have their grandchildren explain tiktok to them <laughs> I do want to have a whole. I actually do want to have a whole episode on this because okay. I want. I want Let's to talk about the. Week. I want to talk about the like datification of Mr. Chu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it was so interesting. I was thinking about it. Like, I also think it's funny about like attractiveness. Mm -hmm. How like he became like a you know like everyone just started memifying him and we're like he's so hot and I was like, I mean like. I think like a lot of people, if you like see people, they're not used to like people from another race and you haven't seen like a lot of people. I was like, I'm sure he's a very nice man. Like, no, it's sure it's all those people being like, I, I love the weird hot. looking like, think... guy and he's yeah, just Jewish. I, like, I, I know. Like, I was like, you know, I mean, he has a lot, like he can be attractive. Maybe he's attractive. Like, hmm. I don't even, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he's brilliant. He was like, he's, I think he's, he's, he's definitely got like an essence and a confidence to him, that, yeah, especially yeah, like yeah. in the wake of like having to sit down with the US government where Mark Zuckerberg looked like a fucking lizard like sweating no, where mr choose kind of like okay. also like the condescending like i was like english he's from singapore english has to be one of his uh, first congressman first off i'm, from, I'm singaporean like <laughs> fucking hell man but, like, also like you know they think he's like speaking a foreign language i was like he's from singapore then that's their language like again, he probably i mean he's probably like multilingual but I'm he's sure. certainly like but, oh my they god speak english. that's what they speak oh my god um he was mad, mad respect like, mad better, respect he's better educated than half these yahoos there in congress i don't know but yes the fact that the fact that he was a facebook intern is just like mm, so delicious <laughs> <laughs> i did he met his wife at harvard is his wife american born i, I don't know. know i don't know uh we his should wife, we should he has he his wife is very beautiful i was like wow your wife's really beautiful uh that doesn't surprise me no no but like his wife was like his wife only likes to work at startups because she likes the she likes the vibe or something. And mm. I was like, oh, your wife must be very smart. I was like, yep. your wife must like totally overshadow you at home. Um, um, also, did you see that TikTok has launched, which is I think is like such a great fuck you to Facebook and Instagram. They launched a photo function. Yes, I saw that. I was like, I was like, it was like the day. I was like, oh, I see. This is funny. It was like, I had to tell you, I think they were like, he got the call to go to Congress and they were like, okay, let's really mess with them. Like, so okay, photos now. Like, boom, press the button. I, know, I thought that too. At first I was confused by it. Because the problem also is like, I am on so like a funny. TikTok, I call it my TikTok support group. It's a discord of like <clears> people <throat> who do TikToks, creators. And nice. um, everyone's like from like other places, like people are like from different, you know, like in, in TikTok like makes you feel like you're insane. Because yeah. like I still don't have that download your videos before you post function. Me either. And I was like, it's like it makes you crazy because like somebody's like, well, you know, you just do that. And I was like, how do I do that? Where's that button? Yeah, going? it's like, do you remember when Hank got the function to save videos into collections and everyone no. was like, we don't have that function, Hank. 
I don't remember that. That's funny. Um, no, he got dogpiled because he was like, I don't understand. Why don't you guys just organize your videos like I do? And everyone was just like, we can't. <laughs> but like, and then like, the, I, I got again, the, do you have the, do you have the pop-up comments again? Those ugly pop-up comments? No. The balloon comments that make me feel like we're children again? No. I had balloon comments this morning that was like many, many builds ago. Oh. My most annoying function is that my I hate when they stack your activity notifications. Um and are like because especially when you're not when you're like me and you're at twenty thousand instead of like a hundred and fifty thousand or whatever you're at, they will kind of like bring your old notifications up and stack them with your new ones so they're like oh this person and 35 other people liked your video and you're like oh my god yay it's moving and then you go and it turns out they've just added two people to the other list of 33 other people rude and also like can i just i wish that just like we could pin comments again i know that would be nice i know why what what was it hurting what was it hurting what was it hurting? That's where, like, I one thing I don't understand from the UX experience, I cannot figure out what they're solving for. You know, like, what are you making better with some of these changes? What was that hurting? I honestly think they they just like fuck around and find out. I really do feel like um, that. I think they have like I think they might have like an experiment. Sort of experiment. Yeah, no, I think they yeah. have like an experimentation kind of like sector of what they do. Yeah, I agree. Because like I don't think you could keep constantly improving because that's what they're trying to do, right? They're constantly trying to improve on their. They algorithm. need us. Take out yeah. hire us. Oh God, I know. Should um, should we move on to recommendations? Yes. Uh, yes. Do you want to go first? Sure. I I don't know if it's a recommendation. But I know that I want to talk about it today. Mm -hmm. It is a book called The Curator. I have to look up to see who the author is by Owen King. Mm -hmm. I want everybody, I want you to read it. I want everybody to read it so they can help me understand that it exists and it's real because it is cuckoo bananas. It Mm. is. I I was like, huh? (laughs) What? Okay. So uh, my recommendation, this cuckoo bananas book, The Curator by Owen King. And it's because I can almost not explain what happened. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was a fantasy novel in a place where they worship cats. But cats also seem like they're a little horrible and maybe like eat people. (laughs) And it takes place in an evil museum where the curators have all this power and they're evil. Mm -hmm. And I thought it would be a good one for this episode because I I was, you know, I, I was telling Joe about the book and I was like, I like kind of almost feel like I like hallucinated this book. Can it be real? And um, it is so cuckoo bananas. And it's about like the power struggles of this society that's horrible, evil society. Mm-hmm. And like the museum is like the center place of it because the museum codifies knowledge. Like it, a museum mm. is a, is a, becomes, it's the institution that makes things like real kind of, which is true of museums. Mm. And there are like a lot of evil people associated with it. Mm-hmm. And it is bonkers. And I want everyone to read it because... It sounds interesting. It's very interesting. But I think it actually is... I was saying, like, this person who wrote this has to understand museums because the evil, mm-hmm. <laughs> the cocoa bananas, the things that they fight about are kind of about... Like, they actually explain the art world in a way that, like, we didn't even... Couldn't mm-hmm. even touch on here. Now, yeah. there are... it's. There's a lot of things that are not like museums. There's like no murder happening in museums um, that I know of. And so that part isn't real. But like the underlying smallness of humanity that runs museums or is associated with museums that's in this book is very true. Mm-hmm. So that's my recommendation. What's your recommendation? Man, I really want to read that. Um, my recommendation is the photographer, Madame Yvonne. January 1893, uh, she was born. English photographer who pioneered the use of colour in portrait photography. She used the professional name Madame Yvonne in a career lasting 60 years. And her work is very beautiful. And you, someone actually dropped her as a reference on one of my portfolio videos. And she has this, like, gorgeous ephemera kind of, uh, like, flowers. Are you looking her up? Yes, I'm trying to. What's the name again? Madam Y E V O N D E. But here, 
Who has one? Oh, here, Middleton. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I'm. I imagine she would have hand colored a lot of her stuff back in the day, but there's a whole archive. Cool. Just extraordinary kind of. Uh, I just fucking love women who are working in that era because they had like the. I think they're magnolias, like the one with the woman reaching out to like the branch of flowers. Uh-huh. And then she's got one image where there's someone who she has works like in a lot of different media, big fake tears. Yeah. Oh yeah. I feel like, like she's the past you. Look at this one. Oh my God. Wait, where is that? National is that Portrait just Gallery? in the, can, can you link that to me? Yeah, sure. I might post that on my Instagram or something, but like, it's not good. The, the National Portrait Gallery one that looks like this? Like, are you fucking kidding? Oh, that one's nice. It's just beautiful work. Um, and so I have been slowly making a move to shift into color work because I, you yeah. know, if I want to work in the film industry, then I need to be able to work in color. Yeah. Um, and I think that hers is like an extraordinary beautiful. kind of inspiration for where I would like to be because it has that kind of softness to uh-huh. it that I really love. Um, so- how is she getting these beautiful colors? I don't know. Oh, I mean, I know. So, like, this is the problem for me about a lot of photographs that are posted in collections. Um, they just say, like, see print. Digitally. Die transfer yeah, print. And then you're like, but, like, what happened, actually? <laughs> and this is one of the things that really frustrates me is when people, you know, when I posted that video about what is a photograph, I I still need to make a reply video, but one guy was like, do you really think that the relief print is the same as a contact print? And like just the obvious condescension there. And it's like, well, actually, for the most part, the way that people discuss photography is as prints or contact prints. The relief print is the same as a contact print? No, no, no. He was like, do you really think that a relief print is the same as a contact print? Because I was like, you know, a person doing a relief print. And I was like, you know, there are people in photo history who did stuff kind of like this. And this is obviously an older guy who's like, it's not the same thing we're around. I'm just kind of going to be like, okay. You're breaking my paradigms. I'm just going to be like, okay, cool. Photography famously is a static medium that doesn't change. Clearly. I should have known. Like, yeah, we're still doing shocker. <laughs> we're still doing sakes. paper negatives. For <laughs> sakes. Aren't you? Are, isn't everybody who takes a photograph using a paper negative? <laughs> but also just like the idea that rendering the image of something onto another thing still isn't a photograph. I'm like, my brother in Christ, I don't think you understand what a photograph is. No. Like, and people are like, it has to have light. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Not anymore. No, not anymore. Not any fucking that's, more. But why does it have to is my favorite question. But why does it have to? And that's what makes that's people the definition nuts. of the word of photography. It means to, photo- to render well, with light. Okay. But what, so what are you doing with a digital photograph? You're not rendering onto a surface. You're not rendering onto chemistry. You're rendering into pixels. That's not light it, on a surface. But it's also, I think it goes back to the topic of this week. Before we sign off, I think it's good. You know, it reminds me of part of the problem is because there's so there's so much slippery existence in the art mm, world mm-hmm. that we, as um, a lot of people, have to hold on to the small sort of shorings that they have or scaffoldings that they have. Mm-hmm. And so when something breaks it, they're like have this cognitive dissonance that they cannot yeah. understand. Like, But a photograph is something with a camera, a negative, and a print. Yeah. And anything that breaks that is problematic to them but that's but also part of the thing i think that's important is that the art artist's role is to break that paradigm Mm -hmm. and so you have this like because the artist's work is often to break the paradigm of what the rules are yeah it's true it's true and that's why when people do something different or they use a medium in a new way those are the people who end up getting picked up and get traction, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's all... Well, we can talk about that weirdness in a different episode. And you could hear about that weirdness in a future episode if you follow us at Artless Podcast. And then we would even do an episode about a topic that you mentioned if you email us. We actually, I forgot to tell you, we actually did get an email I saw, I saw it Yay, okay i couldn't like think it out but i saw no, it. me either all right so thank um, you to the person who emailed i think yes. that person's name is aaron 
Yes. We will definitely do another topic. Sorry, I derailed you. No, no, no. That's okay. Um, but we always want to remind you that we are open to topic suggestions, feedbacks, always. and sponsorship opportunities. Yeah. You know what? I'd wear a logo. I'd put I put a logo on my face. I'm cool. I'm cool. <laughs> I'm cool. Sherman Williams, Cleveland Company, knock yourself out. Um, I'll be Sima. your affiliate. That's right. Follow me at Artlust, A-R-T-L-U-S-T, and Sophie at... <laughs> Sorry, it's so funny to me that you still do that to make mine sound less weird. You can follow me at Darkroom Varmint. Darkroom, V-A-R-M-I-N-T. That's my radio right, voice. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs>